Hello and welcome to Hearts Knit Together in Christ. I am your host, Marsha Nay, and I want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for joining me today. We have a great scripture to discuss. This message and this episode is entitled, Not Fit. And this uh, title came about because if you turn to the book of Luke, uh, chapter 9, verse 62, you will see something that Jesus replied and spoke to his disciples. And you will see that word not fit come about. And it says in the text, it says, Jesus replied, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Now, that was the New International Translation uh, the New Living Translation says, but Jesus told him anyone who puts a hand to the plow and then looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. It almost sounds as if Jesus himself was being very harsh when he said that. But in essence, what Jesus was trying to do was get them to understand the detriments of how important it was to really follow Christ wholeheartedly and not have stepping in that. And it's um it's just like if you start something, a task, he who starts something, if you begun it, then your goal is to finish it. And when you don't finish something, then you can't really accomplish anything. You're gonna look back with regret. You're never going to be able to go forward any further than what you started. And so in comparison to that, Google gives us a clear understanding of what that means. If you search not fit, it gives you the British, what plow means in the British language, and also how we use that word in the United States often. But the word uh Plow often refers to to set to to set to work or to begin or get busy beginning in a position. Okay, so God is Jesus was telling them, "Look, you're getting ready to go and do things in my name, but I need you to understand, as I have called you to do these great things, I don't need you going backwards." I don't need you to go back to your sinful ways, your sinful patterns, your old way of thinking, your bad habits. I don't need you to go to thinking wickedly, acting and behaving like you're not even a son and daughter of God. And so I asked the Lord, I said, well, who in the kingdom that you think put their hands to the plow and look back? And there were two people that were really one person that he put upon my heart to study. And that was Judas. Now, the other person that came to mind was Lot's wife, who looked back in the middle of when God was trying to deliver them. She looked back and she turned, the Bible says in Genesis, she turned into a pillar of salt. But the Holy Spirit responded back with, with an answer. And he said, Judas. And the reason why Judas uh, was not 
fit is because he looked back. And when he looked back, he was acting and behaving not like a child of God. But by that time, it was already too late. He was left right in the midst of what he desired anyway. And when I say he was acting like a son of Satan, I'm basically implying that he was acting full of destruction with his heart so far from what the kingdom of God really required uh, as a leader, as a follower, because he had invested. I mean, when you think about it, Judas of Azekrat had invested a lot of time, really spending time with God, walking with him and all of those things. But in John 17 and 12, it tells us this. It says, while I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I have guarded them and not one of them has been lost except for the, except the son of destruction. So those that were really Christ followers, Jesus is saying, look, those are not lost. They're not, they're never going to be lost, but those who were not truly. And when, when Judas looked back to do what he wanted to do, it says in this same verse 17 and 12 that none has been lost except the son of destruction that the scriptures might be fulfilled. So in that case, Judas was considered really not a son of God, even though he appeared to follow the true and the living God, but he was really a son of destruction. And when I say that he was in such a way that his heart was not exemplifying that of Christ. So the reason being is because in Luke 22, three through six, uh, reading from the ESV version, it says that then Satan entered into Judas called Azekrat, who was one of, I'm sorry, who was of the number of the 12. He went away and conferred with the chief priests and officers. So he has conspired against the true and living God. He appeared to be following uh, Christ. He appeared to be his friend and everything, but he's getting ready to go acting like a foolish man who has no sense. And so it says, it says how he might betray him to them. And they were glad and agreed to give him money. So you got to be careful who you really allow close to you and really in your circle. And in this case, Judas was very close to God in his kingdom, but the Lord allowed this to happen. And uh, a close relative of mine actually shared something that really broke my heart, something that happened years ago that I just found out about it. But in my heart, I really got angry, wanting to seek revenge. And the Lord quietly whispered to me that no one is fit. If you put your hands to the plow and you begin to look back doing destructive things or thinking in your own uh, way of doing things without seeking me, then you're just wasting your time serving me. So Judas is a, uh, an example of what it means to have an invested your time, your gifts, your talents into the kingdom of the Lord. 
and look back just wasting them, wasting what the Lord has given you. And in Luke 22 through 3 through 6, um, it says here, it says, and they were glad and agreed to give him money. So he consented and saw an opportunity to betray him to them in the absence of a crowd. So Judas was already planning in his heart because he had been set up by the enemy. And one thing is that when you're walking with God, the Holy Spirit will pretty much warn you or begin to give you some kind of revelation of what's getting ready to happen before it happens. And so in John 13, chapter 2, you see that during the supper, it says when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas, Simeon's son, to betray him. So this was done so that God's word could be fulfilled. But Jesus was definitely not caught off guard because he was very in tune with what the father wanted of him. So if you compare the two, Jesus was fully fit for his father's kingdom, as many as his other disciples. But there was a disciple in that clan who was really not fit. And so, you know, we can fool people a lot of times, pretending, dressing, singing, shouting, uh, pretending to do good things, but nobody can fool God. And in fact, let's go further on back into the book of John chapter 12, where it says, but Judas, the disciple who would soon betray him, said that perfume was worth a year's wages. It should have been sold and the money given to the poor. So Judas is complaining about where the money should have been spent. But all along, he was robbing the whole temple of God. You go down to the next verse and we're still in chapter 12, verse 5. It says, I'm sorry, verse 6, not that he cared for the poor. That's what the scripture says. He's pretending to care. But the scriptures remind us that, first of all, Judy, you really don't have a heart for the poor. You're just pretending. He was a thief. The Bible describes Judas as a thief. And since he was in charge of the disciples' money, he often stole some for himself. So there are people in God's kingdom, as well as those outside of the kingdom of God who don't, who haven't even accepted Jesus as Lord, who are naturally born thieves. And that's one thing, but it's a whole nother thing when you say you are truly in the kingdom of God and accepted Christ as Lord and Savior. You've been brought out of the darkness into the light, but still looking back on, on, on things that are not kingdom-minded, then that's a problem. And Judas had a serious problem because he really didn't care for God. He didn't care for his people. And you can see where the enemy really darkened his heart because he took money. And Jesus replies in verse 7 of chapter 12 of John, Jesus replies, leave her alone. She did this in, in 
preparation for my barrier. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. So Jesus was also warning his disciples to be how to be fit for the kingdom. Because the whole time Jesus had been with them teaching, guiding, leading, performing and demonstrating so that they can be prepared, learning how to cast out demons, learning how to fast and pray and all of the things. But then Jesus is instructing them, look, you're not going to always have me. And, And now we can really see that when this revelation came about, Judas in the end, when it was all said and done, he was the one out of the disciples who was really not fit to be God's disciple in the end. And so, you know, a lot of people can look at the outward appearances and be influenced, but be careful because what the Lord is looking at is far from outwardly things and far from deeds and religion but he's really examining the heart. He's really examining the heart. So um, as we're closing today, I want to ask you, are you fit for God's kingdom? Or are you still looking back? Are you allowing the enemy to attack your heart and your mind by following and doing the things that you did before you really got saved? And sometimes there is a challenge. But when we really love the Lord, we have to let go sometimes of people, of friends, of of poor habits and things that would not help us to go forward in our personal walk with the Lord. And when God tested Judah's heart, he not only felt the test, because clearly in the Bible, It also acknowledges the fact of how Judas betrayed the son of the living God with a a kiss. And it was all about money. And so he, the Bible never says that he repent. He never repented. And that is so sad to know that Judas had been appearing to walk with the Lord. But when it was all said and done. He was the one was not fit to be a true disciple. So I want you to think about that. Think about who you have in your circle. Think about those that are really close to you. Are they really fit to be your friends? Or are they hindering you from walking that walk that God has called you to walk? Because you know that he has called you, chosen you. Think about those who you may even be in a relationship with. But the Lord has said, I need you to cut the cord on this one. I need you to let this person or that person go. Because that's not even the person that I have for you. But yet you're still holding on out of disobedience. So I pray today, Father Lord, that each and everyone listening, God, will become fit to really follow you, God, 
that when we put our hands to your plow, God, that we won't look back in regret. We won't look back in bitterness, shame about poor decisions or things that we felt to do, Lord, as you had called and chosen us, Father God. But God, as you have chosen, God, help us to look to you, God, so that when we stand before you, Father God, in the presence of holiness, God, we can stand before you, God, without shame, without guilt, with our conscience and our hearts pure, taking true delight, God, and throwing our crowns before you, God. Hearing you say, I am well pleased with you, my son. I am well pleased with you, my daughter. Come into my kingdom. But Father, we don't want to experience what Judas experienced. Destruction. Eternal damnation, God. Separated from you for all eternity, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that your word says that your sheep, they know your voice. A stranger's voice, they do not follow. But they follow the voice of the shepherd. They follow the voice of their father. Lord, I thank you, God, that you are our father. And because you sent Jesus to show us the way, we have been qualified to be fit to serve you and become your servants. What an honor, a privilege it is, oh God, to truly serve you with our whole hearts. God, I pray, God, that there be any deception in our lives that is hindering us from really serving you wholeheartedly, God. I'm asking God for you to remove it quickly. And God, so that you may fulfill your greatest purpose in each and every one of our lives for your glory. And it's in Jesus' holy name, I pray, amen. Again, this is your host, Marcia and I thank you for listening. May you share God's word, and may you continue to listen to this podcast as God will continue to perfect, encourage, uplift, and bless you as you spend more time learning more about him and sharing your faith with your friends, your families, and even strangers. May you go in peace. In Jesus' name, amen.